Hello, welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Graham Wilson. The internationally renowned Shedit program, standing for self-help, exercise and diet, using information technology. Sounds intriguing, doesn't it, if you've not heard of it? It's a research program. It's been around for a while, and it's from the University of Newcastle. It's been redeveloped with a renewed focus on helping men lift their mood, not just lose weight. And a member of the Hunter Medical Research Institute's cardiovascular research program, Dr. Miles Young, is the lead researcher, and he joins us in the studio today. Thanks for coming in, Miles. Thanks, Graham. How did you get into researching men's health? Because this is an interesting story. You didn't necessarily think that that would be your topic specifically, did you? Yeah, originally I uh, went to university to study psychology. Uh, I had uh, sort of a dream of helping people. I thought that was a great way to start. And by the time I got to the end of the degree, I realized that maybe the counseling approach wasn't for me as much anymore. Um, But I picked up all of these really great research skills during the degree. So I was sort of curious to think, how could I apply these in a job where I was still helping people? And a position came up at the university, sort of working as a research assistant on some men's health programs with Professor Phil Morgan, uh, who I think has been on the show before. And so I jumped at that opportunity and was lucky enough to get the job, and I've never really looked back. Now, Phil was looking particularly at leveraging the effect of children on their fathers, wasn't he, really, to get them to become more active? Yeah, Phil's got a real research interest in families and the role that dads have within families. That research interest was actually born out of the original Shedit study where men had lost weight, improved their health and improved their eating habits. And then they got all this kind of uh, informal feedback from the participants that as they'd improved these outcomes at home and started modelling better practices, there were were actually some flow-on effects for their family. So that kind of Uh, tweaked something he thought that's really interesting and that's how Healthy Dads Healthy Kids was sort of born. So you came on board as a researcher in that program? I came on board as a research assistant so at the time they just got a a big grant from Hunter Medical Research Institute to deliver the Healthy Dads Healthy Kids program in Singleton, Cessnock, Musselbrook, Maitland and Scone, uh, those upper hunter areas. So I came on board to sort of help with recruitment in that program, help to deliver the program, coordinate all the assessments. And, and yeah, I got to have a lot of cool conversations with families and dads and see the potential health impact. And I thought this is sort of an area that I could see myself um, doing a PhD in, going on to do further research in. And, yeah, it was really inspiring. So you did that. That part of the research finished, I guess, with the PhD, or is it ongoing? Uh, for my PhD, uh, I'd, so I'd worked on Healthy Dads, Healthy Kids in my research assistant work, um, and then my PhD sort of took a slightly different focus. I went more towards um, just men's health and men's weight loss specifically, um, less a focus on the family. Uh, and I actually designed a program called Shed at Weight Loss Maintenance, uh, which is a big problem in the weight loss research world and in the real world where uh, a lot of people tend to lose weight in ways that are unsustainable, uh, particularly men. You know, they'll give up drinking, they'll go to the gym every morning and um, you know, they find that after a few months uh, they lose the motivation, they're not doing things they can sustain for the rest of their life and the weight tends to creep back on. So my PhD research focus was really around 
how can we get men to lose weight in a sustainable way such that when we see them again one, two, three years down the track, they're still going relatively well compared to the normal experience, which is usually about 50% of weight is regained in the first year after people stop um, a program and all of the weight within five years. So we're trying to work out ways that we could counteract this. You've got your psychologist's hat on, haven't you, looking at weight loss? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I so- think, you know, weight loss is, is there's some basic information there and then there's a lot of psychology and a lot of motivational mm-hmm. um, things underneath it all to sort of get those long-term results. Is there a point with everybody where they think this is just too hard and they, they reach a state of being... Uh, I don't want to think about it anymore. Just go back to the way I was. That was comfortable. I think you're probably right there. Um, and But this is not necessarily a personal failing. Mm. The world is set up in a way um, nowadays that it makes it incredibly difficult to lose weight, maintain a healthy uh, weight status. You know, physical activity has basically been engineered out of all aspects of our lives now. Uh, there's so easy to get, you know, really energy-dense, nutrient-poor foods. And look... As you lose weight, there's actually some science that underpins it that shows after a few months of weight loss, your body actually starts to adjust physiologically. You know, the body is sort of separate to the mind. It doesn't know what's going on with weight loss and it sort of kicks back into these old evolutionary kind of principles where it thinks, where's all that food going? We must be entering a famine or something like that. I better conserve what I've got still. So it does get harder to continue losing weight and these are some of the principles that lead into these kind of poorer long-term weight loss results. Just unpack the term shed it. I mentioned at the head of the program, it's self-help, exercise, diet, using information technology. How does all that come together? That's a really good question, actually, and it's part of uh, what we call the gender tailoring approach to this program. And when I say that, I mean um, you know, designing a program in a way that specifically appeals to men. Um, which has really been missing in a lot of the weight loss research to date. Uh, the key part of it is the self-help uh, and potentially the information technology. We've found in conversations with men, um, sometimes coming into a group-based program or even individual counselling for weight loss is not as appealing uh, and a lot of men don't have the time for that. Uh, they can be really busy working to support their family and that kind of thing. Often they might just want the knowledge, skills and information uh, to lose weight and do it in their own time or in their own house and at their own pace. So Shedit was sort of born to try and fill that gap in the research where can we design a program, provide men with these, you know, really important information around physical activity and diet and motivational skills and strategies, um, but package it in a way where they could, you know, do it at in their own pace and in their own time rather than having to come in for repeated sessions which can be less appealing and potentially less engaging. So the fundamentals are there, exercise and diet, surrounded by this notion of you can help yourself, you've got to do something yourself with this and there's help there with the information technology. Yeah, we, we that was a really key part of it where we had an online website uh, and we send SMS messages and sort of provide support in those more hands-off ways, which can often be appealing. The website was a really important part because it allowed men to you know, track their physical activity habits, track what they were eating, and it provided a really nice visual of, you know, you've, you've eaten these foods today, that's X amount of energy in, um, and you've done this much physical activity, which is X amount of energy out, um, 
And if your energy in is greater than your energy out, then that's usually going to lead to weight. So we tried to help the men see it visually and kind of flip it around. Is that program still available online? Yeah, for that we actually accessed a freely available program called uh, Calorie King. I think the website's calorieking.com.au. There's also another tool we use now called MyFitnessPal, which is a great app. And both of these tools, the same principles, they let you input your energy in through your foods you're eating. Um, the new ones even have a barcode scanner on your phone, so you just hold it up to the whatever you've eaten and it'll just put it straight in. You can add in your exercise and you can see visually is really appealing for a lot of guys. I think there's even like a barometer whether you're on a weight loss day or not. And cutting through with that information is a light bulb moment for a lot of guys. You know, a lot of people want to lose weight, um, but they're not necessarily sure how. There are a lot of myths and misconceptions and things to trick you and people trying to sell you things and and to get this basic information through in a way that's kind of appealing and understanding is really key. You're listening to Wellbeing. My guest today, Dr. Miles Young, the lead researcher on a program that helps men not just lose weight but also lift their mood. Let's look at why you're looking specifically at men. Men are outnumbered greatly by women in weight loss programs. Why is that? And do you know the stats? I do know some of the stats. There was a huge systematic review uh, published a few years ago, and that's basically where a research group will scour the internet uh, for every published paper in a particular area and condense all the evidence. And in this review, they found uh, hundreds of behavior change weight loss studies. And these are the sorts of things like Shed It and other programs where you come and learn how to lose weight. And, you know, they were less interested in whether the program worked or not and more interested in how many men were taking part. And they found that on average, out of these hundreds of uh, randomized control trials, men were only represented about 25% of participants, um, which is a considerable amount. Uh, And even more so, they found that only 5% of the programs um, targeted men only. And that's a big deal because men often want to participate in programs with other men. Um, so only 5% were men only. And very, very few were men only and designed for men in ways that were going to appeal to men. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why men are less likely to sign up for this research. One of them I just mentioned, that most programs either consciously or subconsciously appeal to women or are mostly enrolled by women and men might feel less comfortable coming along and sharing experiences rather than a kind of a bloke, a group of guys. But there's a, a lot of socio-cultural influences, um, particularly in Australia, around men's health where bigger is often better. Um, weight loss can be associated with this concept of dieting or a lot of guys think they have to eat rabbit food or give up the things they love or um, those kind of concepts. Men often, as I mentioned before, uh very busy working to provide for their families. They often put their family's health and well-being ahead of their own. Um, these are some of the reasons why men are less likely to sign up. But on the flip side, we found that you create these programs that are tailored for them, that specifically cater to their unique preferences and interests, and surprisingly, perhaps not, they do sign up and often in droves. So, you know, there's a need there. And, and a lot of people often say men are less likely to um, engage with their health, but maybe it's the case that the offerings just aren't engaging them. Yes. I believe you had uh, quite a lot of media interest when you mentioned in one of your uh, publicity pushes that men wouldn't necessarily have to give up the beer to lose weight. 
That was a huge uh, deal. We said, we'll show you how to lose weight without giving up beer. I think we might have even had a schooner on our flyer. And uh, yeah, I I think I had 600 or so calls in the first two or three weeks um, from men who were just thinking, this looks fantastic. Uh, We even had one guy call up who... I think he slightly misread it because he sort of thought it was a drink beer to lose weight <laughs> yeah, <laughs> study. Not not quite. not quite the same thing. And he said, oh, my wife said I can have six uh, schooners a night, but no more than that. Is that going to be enough to get me in the study? <laughs> so I think, let me explain a bit more about the program before you sign up. So um, what is the science there? Beer, we know, is, um, is packed with calories. So um, is it a matter of getting the balance right? It's all a matter of getting the balance right. I think... Uh, you know, men can, in general, go into it very gung-ho. I've got a lot of mates that might have a wedding coming up or, you know, a soccer grand final or something like that, and they say, that's it, no more beer for me for the next month. And then they sort of say, look at this, I'm going really well, I'm losing this weight. And invariably, they'll kind of go back to their previous habits and go back to their previous uh, physical health status. Uh, so what we try and say is, it's going to be far more sustainable for you if you can just learn some of these principles and one of our slogans is plan it, don't ban it. Um, so it's okay to have some beers occasionally. It's okay to have um, things you really like occasionally, like those chocolates and chips and those sorts of things. You don't have to give them up forever. And in some ways, you'll be doomed to fail if you do. Um, we just give you the information and the knowledge, empowerment skills to make those choices for yourself and work out when is a good and potentially a time you could skip um, to have these um, extra foods. How much do men need to lose weight in Australia? I think the most recent data shows that about 75% of men in Australia are carrying too much weight, and that's to varying degrees. Um, And potentially in the next 10 or 15 years, that could increase to up to 90%. Uh, So carrying extra weight is now the new normal. Uh, So this is something that a lot of guys could engage with. As I said before, this is not a mass personal failing of willpower across every man in Australia that's caused this. This is the environment we live in um, that, you know, it's obesity promoting. Um, and most people just going about their day-to-day lives without thinking too much about it will be on a weight gain trajectory because of these environmental influences. Uh, we also know that about less than 20% of men meeting national physical activity guidelines and less than 5% are uh, eating sufficient amounts of fruit and vegetables. So there's these health behaviours that underlie the uh, the weight issues we're having in Australia at the moment. And That's incredible. Those statistics, you've just said the majority of men, by far the majority of men, are not eating enough fruit and vegetables. Yep, that's right. Or getting enough activity. It's interesting that you've uh, paused on that, actually, uh, Graham, because I suppose I'm so used to saying these things, they've lost a little bit of the impact for me. But if you do think about it, only one in 20... Um, eating enough fruit and vegetables. And then if you combine that with the physical activity, you can see that a very small percentage would be meeting all of those recommendations. Mm. So there is a real need there to help men provide them with tailored programs and get this information out there to really survive uh, in the modern day environment. You need to have extra knowledge and skills that are not necessarily uh, taught in school or taught throughout life. And I have a lot of conversations with men after they do the program that just say, I just can't believe I didn't have this information before. Why did no one tell me this? This is so helpful. Regardless of how their long-term health improvements, which are often fantastic, it's just great to have this information. How do you measure whether or not a man is overweight? 
In our studies, we tend to use uh, what's called the body mass index. Um, that does have limitations, um, but for most people, it's not a bad indicator. And that's a way of looking at someone's weight and just standardizing it for how tall they are. You know, that gives a general idea of weight status, but then we also use a number of other measures as well to sort of um, get an overall picture. And a key one for men is waist circumference. So if you've got a waist circumference of... 94 centimetres or above uh, when you measure it sort of around your belly button. Uh, that's an indicator of increased risk of um, heart disease. Across all men? Uh, across uh, most men. I think it might be slightly different for some different ethnic populations. But okay. And what about if you're seven foot tall? Yeah, even if you're seven foot tall, it's right. not a bad indicator, yeah, regardless of height status. And so that's 94 centimetres for increased risk. And if it's more than 102 centimetres you're at greatly increased risk of heart disease. So those are some sort of numbers. If, if that's what you're measuring, you might like to take some action. And that's because the fat is around the internal organs or is being carried in places like the liver? That's right. Um, this concept of abdominal obesity or extra fat around your organs around your middle, men are more likely to store weight in that area. Unfortunately for men, that's also the area where fat is more likely to infer a cardiovascular risk. Um, this is what I mean by the heart disease and those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, if you're carrying that weight around the middle, that's a indicator of abdominal obesity and um, a good sign that you might like to try and lose a few kilos. Okay, well, that should, you'd think, be enough to, to get most men thinking, wow, I better have a look at this. And you have the very tools to help men do it. I'm speaking to Dr. Miles Young, the lead researcher, with the Shed It Recharge program. Just before we get to how you've modified this program or what it is today, of the, um, the 200 or so participants in the Shed It trial, many reported depressive symptoms. Tell us about that. Why is that? That was something that we measured. Um, we'd captured some physical activity improvements, um, some physical health improvements, I should say. Um, but we were now starting to look at, do these programs improve men's mental health? In our last trial with 200 uh, participants, we included a measure of depressive symptoms and we were sort of really intrigued to see that about one in five reported these levels of depressive symptoms, which are like a low mood, um, tiredness, frustration, having problems sleeping. Uh, one in five reported these symptoms at a level that was sort of enough to warrant a conversation with a psychologist um, for a possible diagnosis of depression. And one in two reported some of these symptoms at at least a mild level. So that's actually more than you would be expecting to see in the general population. And why that is, I'm not 100% sure. But we do know that uh, these lifestyle behaviours like physical activity and diet, sitting time, alcohol consumption are really tightly intertwined with mental health. So it could be the case that if the men were lacking in some of these areas, it was having a negative impact on their mood as well. So becoming more active and eating better is going to, in most cases, help somebody with those problems? In most cases it will. And that's mm. not to say that there's not a need for therapy and medication and those things. Absolutely, we need to have those. But lifestyle modification is a really key strategy to help people improve their mood um, in the first instance. We published a paper showing that when men did the Shedit program and they lost 
it wasn't a tremendous amount of weight, but it was a really clinically meaningful amount of weight loss. And uh, I think it was about five kilos. They improved their physical activity. They improved their dietary habits. And when we looked at those depressive symptoms after the program, there'd been um, significant decreases, particularly in that subgroup I was talking about who were um, particularly high. Uh, I think they'd, on average, gone from above the threshold for a potential diagnosis of depression to below, which was really uh, positive, um, really well-received in the literature, and it's led us into this new Shed It Recharge program where we're adapting it specifically for men with a low mood. So just losing five kilograms, it doesn't sound like that much. Over what period of time, Miles, did that happen? How much work did they have to do? This was just over the first three months. But the great thing with this project we worked on is that it was a three and a half year study. Um, and that's not often reported in the literature. You'll find that uh, most people report these short term findings uh, and they fail to report the longer ones, which might be less um, appealing. In our particular study, we really tried to focus on these long term changes, um, giving people skills for weight loss maintenance as well as weight loss. And people had three years after completing this three-month online program that included no support um, face-to-face, they'd uh, maintained about 60 or 70% of their original weight loss, which was fantastic to see and actually comparable to other studies in the literature where participants had attended up to 32 face-to-face sessions over one to two years. So that kind of gives you a bit of an idea of how it compares to what else is out there. And so we saw that as a really positive outcome. So does your program not involve any face-to-face meetings as part of the program itself? That's part of the program. And there's two reasons for that. One is that it's appealing to a subgroup of men that just want to be able to do things on their own. And the second reason is it reduces the costs of the intervention substantially. And it also increases our potential to scale up this intervention and reach a lot more men than you could do with a program that requires coming in to see a specialist. Um, If it's an online program and it's effective, even if it's a little less effective than you would get with face-to-face meetings, if you can reach a lot more people with it, it's going to have a bigger health impact across Australia, particularly for men in rural and regional areas uh, where it's often difficult to access services like these. I think these kinds of programs like Shed It can play a really important role there. Another problem too, if uh, men are particularly busy out at work all day, the last thing you want to do is take time out of my day to go and see somebody about my weight. Exactly. You know, time is precious and men have to spend a lot of time working. Um, You know, if you have these programs at inconvenient times or just even set times um, that can potentially affect engagement versus a program you can just action in your own time and when when you've got a spare minute and a lot more flexibility and autonomy. Do you have to be really self-motivated to be able to do this? That's a difficult question to answer because we've run these research programs and to get our participants through the door, they have to self-nominate. So we're potentially getting a group of men who are motivated to an extent. Um, But what I will say is we have had a lot of men signed up by their spouses, uh, their partners, and... uh, anecdotally i think they do just as well and some of these guys are coming through the door saying what am i in an exercise class or something (laughs) so to see them go away and then get that information that maybe gives us some insights that uh you know 
this is good for everybody. You don't have to be super motivated. You can become engaged by the quality of the program. Sure. Let's come to Shed It Recharge then. This is your latest iteration of the program. What are you specifically looking for here? And it's the beginning of a new research program, isn't it? This is the beginning of a new research program we're actually recruiting at the moment. Um, Shed It Recharge was born from that research finding where we saw men who had these elevated um, depressive symptoms or symptoms of a a low mood, uh, participated in the program, lost weight, and improved their mental health substantially. There's a a lot of sort of research out there that shows men are really hard to engage in weight loss, but they're also really hard to engage in traditional mental health services, and that's a lot of the socio-cultural influences in Australia as well. Um, But if there's the potential to recruit men who might be feeling down, tired, stressed, um, give them this weight loss program, but also um, really beef it up with the latest psychological tools and strategies to support positive well-being at the same time, wow, that could be a great opportunity to um, you know, target a group that's really high risk for physical and mental health problems um, and make some really positive changes in their lives. How long does this new study go on for? This new study is going to be a six-month program. So at first, we're just testing this new adapted version of Shedit, Shedit Recharge, uh, over three months, and then we're going to include a a three-month follow-up. So the men won't receive any resources for the second three months, and that'll just be able to give us a bit of an insight into whether these changes have been maintained. In designing the program, we've connected with some of the leading researchers in Australia in the psychology world mm-hmm. to sort of get that extra expertise, which is not necessarily something we, that we had um, in our team. But by connecting with people like Francis K. Lampkin, who's also from the University of Newcastle and has designed a lot of online programs treating low mood and depression, and Brian Kelly, who's another great researcher from Newcastle, we've been able to bring that expertise on board and, and um, I'm really happy with the program, how it is at the moment, but we'll see how it goes at the end of the study. Okay. Now, this program goes right around Australia and you are looking for people in the Hunter but um, where can people go to read more about this if you pique their interest today? Look, if people want to have a bit more information, whether it's yourself and you'd like to um, lose a few kilos, improve your mood, or if you know somebody from Newcastle who you think could be a good candidate, uh, I'd really encourage you to call us on 49212067 for a conversation, or you can email recharge at newcastle.edu.au. Okay, that number again, 02-49-212-067. Or the email address? Recharge at newcastle.edu.au. Okay. And I should say that you know, this research, we're so grateful to have the support of HMRI, who's our local research institute, and particularly Daricon Group, who've provided a charitable donation to fund this study and also the Heart Foundation. So a lot of big hitters there have come on board for this, and we're really excited about it. All right. Thanks, Miles, for coming in and telling us about how men can lift their mood and also lose weight. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Miles Young, the lead researcher of the Shed It Recharge program at the University of Newcastle. And if you'd like to know more, you can also go to the Wellbeing website, 2NURFM.com forward slash wellbeing.
I'm Graham Wilson, and all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.